Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Here is a message about the cigarette controversy from the Tobacco Institute. Despite years of research, scientists continue to disagree about the alleged hazards of cigarette smoking. Whatever conclusions have been drawn thus far are largely the result of statistics, not clinical or scientific proof. Obviously, much more research is needed. The tobacco industry has granted millions for independent scientific study and will continue its support so that we may replace controversy with facts. Welcome back to the Cowboy Killers Ranch in the Rogue Media Network Valley. I'm hanging out with my fellow ranch hand, Ron, here. He's in from NYC. What's up, buddy? Not much. I flew in. I got to work on the ranch and get the poop on me. No, we oh. flew in today. My girlfriend was out there uh, for a hot minute. We went and saw a concert. That was great. Uh, Ooh, we flew back today. We, we went to go see this group called Tuba Skinny. Uh, who's great. They're kind of like a New Orleans jazz blues type band. Uh, and, and they kinda were like great. a they Dr. Good... John thing. Yeah. Like... And we we were the youngest people there by 30 years, at least. <laughs> uh, and my my girlfriend didn't understand that. And I was like, well, it's a it's a dead music form. Like it's kind of, you know, it's a, it's a dead genre. So therefore, the audience is going to be closer to death. That's just kind of how it works. The guy on stage said that I guess him and some of the other members are also in a uh, surf rock band. So it's just like, how many dead genres can these guys tackle? <laughs> and boy, bro, I also just hope that that's his backup plan. It's like, well, if the old time Jesse music don't work out, I always got surf rock. <laughs> that's for all the newfangled youngins out here. <laughs> yeah. Like no, it's it's a totally factual thing because my uh, my sister's actually moving to New Orleans. She's or New Orleans or whatever. She's uh, uh, moving in with her boyfriend down there, and I I've kind of had some like conversations with her because she's like very excited and she's like all about it and she's like yeah you know I, I i love the music and culture that's there but it you know i i it's so nice because i i, I never really like see it anywhere else it's so specific to new orleans and i'm like yeah it's because nobody else is into it anymore yeah nobody cares anymore <laughs> yeah. well and i'm not except for, and i'm not hating it for apparently 75 year olds in new york city they cared but let's be honest all of those people like lived in long island or jersey yeah yeah coming in i mean yeah, I mean, let's let's be 100% honest with ourselves. But no, they were great. Uh, they did. It was a great show. And then they did an intermission, which, thank God, why don't more concerts have it? Why don't more things in general have intermissions? Start giving intermissions at movies again. I'm sick of this shit. But they had an intermission. And I mean, the girlfriend stepped outside to smoke a cigarette. And two of the uh, band members stepped outside to smoke a cigarette with their dogs, who are two very uh, big good boys. And uh, they rolled their own cigarettes, which I think kind of is in did? fashion. Yes, the dogs rolled their own cigarettes. <laughs> Holy shit, those are good yeah. boys. <laughs> yeah, no, but it was it was in classic New York fashion. Like the dogs are super sweet. 
and a lady walked by with her dog and the dogs were kind of like, bah, 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 you know, checking them out. And the owners were like, oh, no, they're super sweet. They're nice. And the lady just kind of like, like side item and walked away and like shoved her dog along. There is something about people with dogs in New York, man. I don't get it. New York is like the cute, small dog capital of the world. And nobody will let me pet any of them. Oh, that is terrible. And, and I'll literally like, you know, if you see a dog walking by, I'll do the like, oh, hey, buddy, like, you know, smile and just like, hey, buddy. And like the owner will see me do that and like yank their dog away and be like, leave it, leave it. And like, keep walking. Jesus. I don't know what it is. That's, yeah. What is the point of having it? Like, I loved when people wanted to say hi to my dog when I was walking her around. I thought that was the know. whole point is like the it's like a good uh, basis for first introductions and social stimuli and that kind of shit. Yeah, like, no. They don't want you even looking at their dogs. I don't fucking get it. I don't know. It's it's whatever. But the show is good. Uh, those are some good Siggy Rollin' old-timey music folks. I, I really also appreciate that these dogs were well-behaved and nice because in music with dogs, there's like, there is like kind of a tradition of like kind of angry dogs being with music. The number one example is uh, that guy from Sublime would actually like play shows with that dog. And I guess like people got bit at Lollapalooza because it was like a really mean dog. And it's was just like, go ahead. My bad. Is that dog's name? Gigi Allen. I think so, dude. It was an intense Dalmatian, bro. <laughs> Dude, Dalmatians are insane. Do you know yeah, about that? Yeah. They're crazy. I had a friend in high school and we stepped outside uh, of her place where she lived with her mom, stepped outside to smoke a cigarette on this like porch of the apartment building. And her mom's like, hey, I'm going to let the dog out. And it was this Dalmatian. And my friend told me they're like, OK, so just heads up. Don't try to pet it. Don't try to like make any sudden movements. Don't like make eye contact with it. Don't try to. And I was like, can you not let the dog out then? Because you're basically telling me not to breathe around this dog or else I like risk my keep the dog in while we're out here. (laughs) Yeah. Can you not let your feral animal out of its fucking cage, please? Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I could be wrong in this, but I think it's a. I think they're just a prime example of like they I think it's inbreeding is what's caused them to be like that, which is what, you know, any kind of purebred dog they have there but usually it's like physical ailments like wiener dogs their legs give out because their backs are so long and their feet are this big but i guess dalmatians just made them fucking insane or maybe it was 9-11 maybe they got sent in with the first responders with the fire department they haven't been the same since (laughs) dude yeah they they went in with the boys and it's fucked them up ever since (laughs) yeah they just got done dealing with that cruella bitch trying to make a coat out of them and now they got to deal with this shit they're done. These fuck, dude, Italian Dalmatians, like these fucking planes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen an Italian Greyhound? They're adorable, but they're the goofiest looking dogs. I think only in like dog shows or something. They seem very majestic, but kind of awkward at the same time. They Oh, they're just goofy looking. My friend has one. She's super sweet. But yeah, just like the goofiest looking dogs in the world. The, there's something else, man. They, uh, I, I, I have such a love and appreciation for dogs. And I, I even like you were talking about like the inbreeding thing with purebreds. I fucking love like French bulldogs and like English oh, bulldogs yeah. and stuff. They are such a product of that. It's no, like the, all I mean, the worst genes. 
So for anybody who doesn't know, A, the two big thing with English Bulldogs, there is no such thing as a healthy English Bulldog. And that's not an exaggeration. They don't live past like six years old. That's maximum for them. Yeah. Uh, and two, the, one of the reasons that they're so expensive is because they have to be delivered via C-section because because of generations and generations of inbreeding, their heads are now so big that they cannot fit out of the mother's birth canal. So every English bulldog has to be birthed via C-section, which is expensive. And we found my favorite thing in the world are pugs. I love pugs Ooh, yeah. so much more than anything else my girlfriend sends me every pug picture that she finds i love them i could never have a pug i, I could you. i mean just you're basically just to keep this cowboy killers related everybody imagine the pug smoking continue ron right and they're all playing poker I, every dog that we're talking about right now is smoking cigarettes and playing poker that's how we're basically just doing an a audio version of that like famous painting, painting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean it's just pugs it's just like you basically you get handed a dog and it's like here's your dog by the way when it turns six it just like can't breathe anymore oh. yeah don't they have yeah. to have like special surgery and stuff for like they uh, can't nasal cavities yeah because they're not i mean if you look at the pug it's like somebody just punched their face in flat which yeah. causes a lot of breathing issues and shit so yeah it, it's fucked up but i love them they're, they are really fucking cute. God damn. Dogs are... <laughs> like, oh, that's man, the nice thing like about dogs is, like, you get variety with dogs. Like, kitty cats are cute, but, like, with the exception of, like, fur differences, you're not getting too much variety, like, in, like, style and design and shape unless you're getting yeah. those, like, raccoon cat things that rednecks have. I asked my girlfriend, she has a cat named Gary, and I was like, what kind of cat is Gary? And she just went, a furry one. <laughs> Dude, they th I've had people make fun of Rita because you've seen her before. Uh, I've had people make fun of her and say that she looks like a cow because of her spots. And I'm just like, damn, mm -hmm. you were straight roasting this. My, my kitty cat, man. Yeah. Moo cow cat. Moo cow cat. Yeah. It's a little uh, heart nose. She's adorable. Oh, yeah. We almost had a cigarette emergency uh, in New York because my girlfriend ran out of cigarettes. Well, my girlfriend ran out of cigarettes while we were there or she was like dangerously low. I think she had one left when we were getting to the airport and uh, we almost had to go. Well, no, I had a few packs on me, but uh, if I if I hadn't, we almost would have had to go and pay ten dollars for a pack of cigarettes, which God forbid. We do not condone that on the Cowboy Killers no. podcast. We don't condone big city cigarette prices on this podcast. Working man prices on this podcast. That's right. That's right. I honestly, that is uh, that. And, you know, I'm not going to shout anybody out, but I don't think people outside of this area really realize a how many people travel to Kentucky for cigarettes, booze, etc., and right. B, how they don't realize that that's basically like a low level form of smuggling. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I, I think I've just been I've been so spoiled with how cheap that they are here and growing up here, because when I tell because, yeah. again, you go to you go to Chicago, you go to New York. 
you know, paying 10 to $15 for a pack. They're just like, yeah, whatever. Like it doesn't phase them. They're just like, yeah, no, that's what it costs sucks, but whatever. But in my mind, I was like, I will literally kill myself before I pay $15 for a pack of Maverick lights. That's not how I will smoke crack before that happens. I'm not doing that. But oh I've been my so spoiled. God. No. Yeah, it's true, man. And especially being able to have that connection to cheap cigarettes and being able to, I mean, even to put it in a broader term, just to be able to party that cheaply. Oh like, yeah. Having a $10 bill and being able to like get fucked up on it. Forget your name for the night. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Cause like, I remember back in like the, my days of partying, I, I would like, and I, this would be like right around like when I was like 21, 22, 23-ish, maybe maybe a little earlier, but I'm not going to admit to that, you know, completely because uh, right. drinking and stuff. But anyways, I I remember 10 bucks, you could get like a pack of Siggies. It was even better if you had 20 bucks because you could get right. a dime bag, you could get a pack of Siggies, and like usually if you got the King Cobras and they had them, 240s. And you're right. set for the night, dude. You're Northern Kentucky royalty with twenty dollars in two thousand nine. Yeah, dude. I mean, you basically. really are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is kind of unrelated, but I had a great moment as we were waiting in line as we were boarding the plane uh, to come back here today in New York. And we're they're you know they're checking people in and we're waiting through. And it's a nice, decent long line. It's kind of shuffling along. And the lady in front of me, I hear her say to her friend, huh, it's always kind of funny how we just inch along, we go like six inches and we act like, oh, it's a big deal. And I was just like, six inches is a big deal. Okay, listen, it is, it's a big deal. You know what? Even better, it's a huge deal. Six inches is a huge deal. They don't get deals, don't get any bigger than that. Okay, it's serious. I like, dude, <laughs> that rules. <laughs> Solid. I also had the, I, my girlfriend was sleeping the whole time on the plane. And I wanted to, if this, if we weren't on a plane and when it got me in trouble and like banned from the airline, I wanted to wake her up by me, by me just like screaming, oh my God, as she's sitting next to me. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Dude, my uh, my fucking dad would do that, but he would uh, he would be driving the car, and you'd be like passed out in like one of the seats, and he'd be driving down the highway, and he'd just like kind of tap on the brake a little bit, so you'd go forward like what the fuck, and you're like yeah, <laughs> just laughing in the front seat and just scream. Yeah, no, that's classic. You can't do that on the plane though. That's good. It's that, true. That, that's- that goes from like a fun joke between you and your buddies to, oh, great. I can't fly Allegiant anymore. <laughs> Very true. The, yeah. You could say one thing about the airlines. They really don't have a sense of humor. No, they really don't. They, <laughs> they, I mean, they, it's, it is insane to me how like, I mean, statistically speaking, if you want to talk purely like numbers and science, it is still insane to me. That from that perspective, flying is the safest way to fly or travel. It, it is. And that's insane to me that a tube shot miles into the sky is the safest way to travel. If you want to talk numbers, 
it's wild. But I think there's just because there's so much regulation and things like that. Whereas you hop on a Greyhound and they're like, yeah, good luck, bud. Nobody cares. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and especially the ease to get like a driver's license. And uh, I mean, I, I don't know if you had this experience in high school, but I got like my driver's license at like, I think 17 so it was like a little early so i had to do like the the driver's ed classes or whatever the fuck. oh yeah and oh my god could i have learned less over the course of like 15 hours like i i mean granted i will say the driving time with the instructor was good like you right that was actually valuable but like everything else you didn't really learn from it it really kind of just felt like my parents paid 300 so i could get like my driver's license or yeah i mean we had like those classes and all i remember the classes being i remember a guy coming in every day he just brought fast food with him every day and ate it while he played (laughs) driving instructing videos from the 1950s (laughs) he has red concrete sally and joe are two young beautiful americans out for the night they're gonna go see a movie and sit up on the hill and maybe get touchy feely while they good while they smoke good old fashioned God given tobacco. Oh my God, dude. Can I paint, can I paint a uh, scenario for you? Sure. So my experience was honestly pretty similar to that, but like the only difference, like, well, uh, paint, if you will, in your head, like a high school study hall, Okay. Mm-hmm. That's pretty and much what sc- it was. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So, like, it's a high school study hall, and like the study hall is like really knit close to the entrance of the school. So, okay. you're, you, you can hear people walking in and out because the d- windows are open and that kind of stuff. And picture the driving instructor doing what you were talking about he brings in the fast food he puts on the videos he's you know kind of checked out the only addition to mine is then imagine and and for description of person we're gonna say he looks a lot like harvey firestein okay God damn, so, you're just nailing it. Did we go to the same driver's ed class? It might have been the same guy. <laughs> yeah. He gets around. He does. He does. The man's got a cash crop, and it's fucking teaching 17-year-olds how to drive. Yeah, he just goes wherever <laughs> the agency sends him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so the only difference was is he he would put those videos on, and then he would walk out the front entrance light up a Siggy, get on the phone, and then bitch to his current girlfriend about the ex-wife he was divorcing. And we could just yes. hear it through the windows. Yes. You, just like, well, Jane seems to be splattered on the concrete. That'll be the next time. Actually, not nah, because drinking and driving cost her her life. Yeah, well, she wants fucking alimony and she's not going to fucking get it. I paid, but <laughs> this is what we talked about at the beginning of the relationship. <laughs> this just reminded me, I had this thought in New York, when people think of the sounds in the city, the sounds in New York, you think traffic, horns honking, construction, the pitter-patter of feet, people talking on their phones. It's the sounds of the city. Here's the reality. The sounds of the city are just one Dominican woman from the Bronx smoking a cool 100 scream into her cell phone okay but can i finish okay but can i finish okay but can i finish 
that is the sound of the city. Oh, that's dude. See, I would love to be able to like sample like that street dialogue, like shit like that, and then put it over top of uh, the opening footage from Manhattan by Woody Allen. So that's yeah. like the yeah. audio that's playing. <laughs> yeah. Instead of that, like Gershwin piece. Yeah. There's this idea of, I don't know, that I, th- I think especially younger people kind of romanticize this idea of moving to New York City and you're like, I'm going to do all this and all these fancy, amazing and blah, blah, blah things. And it's like, you're going to do that if like your dad is rich and he gives you money. If not, then it's going to be you hanging out in your closet apartment and going to whatever <laughs> coffee shop that you work at and hoping you get an audition that night. <laughs> uh, that's that's it that's i uh, yeah i i do have a question for you in this regard um it, it kind of harkens back to uh david cross had a special back in the day and he talked about how one of his favorite things living in hollywood was the non-stop like parade of delusion i think is like what he called it like of people who like think that they're gonna become stars that's got to be entertaining in new york too i i mean yeah being a stand-up comic i've made this point recently we don't talk enough about like psychopath comedians we just don't give them enough credit we don't have enough dialogue about them because there's so many i might have made this point somewhere else but in any kind of artistic community you're going to have what i like to refer to oh as oh that guy kind of guys you know what i mean and i think music deals with them visual art that's fine but i feel like comedy deals with it on such another level because of the fact that there's literally no barrier of entry not only not only do you not have to know how to play a guitar you don't even need a guitar you don't need yeah. anything but you. So you tell people that like, no, you can just go up and talk into this microphone and tell everybody your thoughts and they have to listen to you. You know how many fucking crazy people are going to hear that and latch onto it? <laughs> True. So yeah. many. That That is like a, uh, like a, a bug light for crazy people and and just any kind of like sociopathy or anything like that that is just like a bug light the best part is they all start their own shows because nobody else will book them for shows so they all start their own terrible shows that maybe two people are at and they all just book each other for their shows so there's like just this in a circle of like insane people in comedy who have deluded themselves into thinking that they're actually doing well and like doing something because another psychopath booked them on the show and every post is just like hashtag grind hashtag hustle the blah da, 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 da. it's it's wild it's i don't want to deal with those people yeah the um I had somebody put it in like a really funny perspective, but they just kind of called it. uh, I remember their exact quote, but it was something along the lines of like, um, what's the uh, Christian Bale uh, horror movie? American psychopath. Yeah. Yeah. American psycho. Yeah. Like the quote was basically like that guy becoming more and more prevalent throughout stand-up as the years go on where that like kind of personality just kind of 
it latches onto other people that have that personality and it's just like just this it builds a community built like on its own ego and craziness and it's a lot dude oh yeah it, oh it, yeah it, it, it's like a and I'll make another redneck reference. It's like a, a salt lick for any kind of like sleazy salesman that knows how to be basic level charisma. Oh, yeah. Also, I'm about to start implementing this rule. You have a four cigarettes bummed off of me rule before you have to book me for your show. I'm putting that out there <laughs> now. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. I, I try to be. I try to be nice. I try to be a good guy. I get it. Comics are broke. Cigarettes are expensive in New York. I, you know, I get them for cheap. I do what I can. I'm more than happy to bum you when you need them. All right. It's all good. But motherfucker, you, you only get so many before you have to book me on your goddamn show. All right. That's a new rule. Putting it out there. Dude, if he asked for another, if he asked for another one, you should give it to him. But like, wrap it in a post-it note that says, "I'll be on the next gig." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I've told people about this where it's like uh, one of the things I deal with, and I deal with it constantly. I mean, constantly is people who like explicitly promise to book me on a show, like you are going to be on this show on this date, and then just don't. Like I look, I'm not on the lineup. I'm not on anything. And I message them like, Hey, what's, what's going on? What's the deal? And they just don't message me back. That happens constantly. So I'm fucking, I'm at the point. I'm going to just start showing up. You, you told me I'm going to just start showing up. I'm going to be there. And I'm going to be like, Hey, what's going on? Oh, I forgot. Oh, well, cool. So we're just talking about shit. That's not my problem. All right. Well, well we can go into this. <laughs> <laughs> and then you demand 20 minutes. I mean, yeah, that's 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 <laughs> not even fair. being a, no, that's not even being unreasonable. That's me demanding the thing that you told me that you were going to give to me that you explicitly said you were going to give to me. It's not even being unreasonable. I uh, I see, I see. Yeah, no, I I uh, I I thought it was like a uh, like a, like a, maybe like something like a five or ten minute set, but yeah, no, especially if like you're dangling like. Like something like that, where you get to work out for 20 minutes on stage. That's really valuable stage time. And to yeah. dangle it in front of somebody the way that like cartoons dangle food in front of fat people and make them chase it after Did them and then to take it away. It's dick. I had a sh I had a show. This was like years ago. I had a show in Chicago that somebody booked me on. I was going to headline it. They're going to pay me like 75 bucks. And I was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. That's a decent gig. Let's do it. And I show up to the venue and the producer isn't there like nobody else is there so i finally go up to the to the the bartender i'm like hey isn't there a show tonight he's like oh yeah they're supposed to be and they can't get a hold of the producer i can't get a hold of the producer so i just leave and then i encounter him again he's just like oh yeah i forgot i was like what the fuck do you mean that you forgot you're running a show also again i since 2017 i have not had a job i have been a comedian and actor Full time. That is how I pay my bills. That's how I put a roof over my head. And so even if it's 75 bucks, that's still my paycheck. You're still fucking with my money, dude. You you can't. Yeah, do you're that. fucking this, with my homie's bag, dude. Yeah. I mean, like you're literally I mean, you're literally fucking with my groceries on the table for that day. Here's the thing. I said I, I, I make my living doesn't mean it's a good living. So seventy five dollars is like, come on, like, please. Yeah, no, that this this whole this whole industry 
we need to unionize, but there will never be a union because that would mean that people have to actually be held accountable and they don't want that. So, yeah, yeah, because there's too many people in comedy that would that, well, don't want like an HR department because of the shady shit that they do when the lights aren't on. If there was an HR department for stand up comedy, there would be no more stand up comedy. Yeah, no, 100 percent. Good, like good. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it probably would be uh, a necessary. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be nice to be gone. I mean, uh, if you think about it, there's been so many like shitty hours that have came out in like the last couple of years. So like, I don't know, like there's a point where like, man, barstool philosophy overrated <laughs> yeah well no I, I i made this point i've been making this point i've been screaming this from the rooftop for years and it's only been recently that i've actually had people kind of start to listen to me and like put serious thought into it maybe i've talked to you about this before i don't know why is the hour still the standard and so oh, we've comedy? definitely talked about this yeah. yeah it's a good point yeah like why my attention span shot to shit so is everybody else's it's just not we're not dealing with physical formats anymore. So uh, I, I'm just saying 80 percent of specials now should be like 30 minutes. Well, you know uh, what's coming back, uh, like Comedy Central's big announcement over the the like last couple of weeks. No, what was that? They're bringing back. Well, I, I, I don't think it ever left, but they're putting more money into the Comedy Central half hour. And okay. Then, and I also heard, and I, I'm not sure if, like, I think they're early stages of it, but what I heard is that they're trying to do a new version of Premium Blend where oh, it's yeah. using people's YouTube clips and shit like that. Oh, hell yeah. Because they're, they're fucking tired of losing all that goddamn money. I, I don't like them any more than anybody else, but people like Schultz and shit like that really fucked the game up because they made all that money, you know, circumventing the process he's a fucking oh, yeah. tool but i i i as far as like shaking up the industry i can respect that and you know they you know somebody in the, like the board at like comedy central is like okay we have to pivot because we can't keep getting annihilated like this you know oh yeah a, so. Which is crazy that, again, they're not dumb. They're in the industry. They're like, all right, this is the way the medium is going. We need to invest in and adapt to it, right? That's the logical thing to do. But every single fucking comedian that you talk to still acts like it's 1982. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, re they really do. It's, it's this one. It's the one art form that I don't know why, but like really not even just like won't accept and adapt to change, like actively fights it like actively pushes against it. And I don't understand why. Well, and, and like, here's the thing, like, not only do I fuck with what you're saying, but I also, the people that are so gung ho about the conceptual idea of an hour, your material does not need an hour to get through. Like, especially no. if you're like a one liner guy or like, you know, super short, quick, quick, simple stuff. You know, which I'm no way hating on, you know, that's that's a somebody's style of comedy. But like you don't you don't need you're not Stuart Lee. You're not Hannah Gadsby. You're not somebody who's writing 20, 25 minute bits for a very specific type of crowd. You're right. writing 
quick material that and, and like to to the Stuart Lees and the Hannah Gadsby's, which uh, Stuart Lee smokes or used to smoke. So we're back on smoking full circle. Yeah, let's get them on anyways. Here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For real. Um, Stuart Lee ha- and Hannah Gadsby and people like that who are doing the Edinburgh Hour where it's this big, you know, it's not even stand up. You're getting into one man show stuff. Yeah. They have a built in fan base. So they're oh, yeah. working from a place where people already want to see their shit. They're not some rando that sees your link on YouTube and is like, I am not giving you an hour of my time to figure out whether or not you're funny. Well, also, you want to talk about think about any hour that you've watched. Think about any of them of all the hours of stand up comedy. Have you watched how much of that hour was actual legitimate, like gold, like really good? I'd say even with some of the best specials out there maybe 40% of it is like gold, like super funny stuff. So it's like, just cut the rest out and just do that. Do 30 minutes, do 20 minutes. That's your special or whatever. Um, I I talk so much about how I love Bo Burnham. I think Bo Burnham is one of the best creative minds at play, not just in comedy, but in show business in general. I, I think he's amazing. And comedians don't talk about him they don't they they don't he doesn't exist in their mind i was like here's somebody who's like pushing and adapting and trying different things with this art form and everything and you all kind of it feels like the community as a whole like actively rejects him and it's like yeah okay well we'll see what happens yeah no it's it it is kind of it's disappointing because you you would think that it would be you know I, I, I'm about to make a very lofty comparison. I apologize beforehand, but especially with improv and stuff, you do have people that will make lo- again lofty comparisons to comedy to jazz. Again, yeah, lofty comparisons. <laughs> uh, but uh, you you would think that with that ideal, you would appreciate. The in the sense of jazz, people who push the envelope, your Miles Davises, your John Coltrane, right? Thelonious monks. Whereas, like comedy, it's like if if like if you're trying to break the mold and to do something else, you can get a little shunned for you know, or even worse, ignored, which is like fucking even more brutal in my opinion. Oh, yeah. No, look, here's the thing. What is this podcast at its core? This podcast at its core is using cigarettes as a modicum. Right. Obviously. But the uh, the second one, the second round, the second bullet point is it's a modicum and a vehicle for conversations through cigarettes that, you know, when you step outside to smoke a ciggy, the interesting conversations and people that you meet through that, you want to know what it sounds like me smoking a cigarette outside of a show or something. This is it. Exactly yeah. what's happening right here. I mean, this is a hundred percent. This is what this is what we do. Yeah. No, I I agree with you. Like I um, you know, just in like being in the small amount of time that I've been in, with, like you know, hanging out with people, like in like music green rooms and like comedy, like you know, backstage that kind of stuff. It this converse like this podcast, and I think to a certain extent, Coney Boys. Shout out Coney Boys. Um, Go listen to that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We both kind of are good at capturing the vibe of a backstage talk. 
Right. Which is kind of neat. Like uh, it feels very behind the scenesy sometimes. And it's it's, cool. it's a fr- it's a friendship simulator. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have gotten into the friendship simulator game. I mean, that's I, yeah, let's be honest. You're feeling bored. You're at work. You don't want to stare at spreadsheets. You want to hang out with your buds. Just pop your headphones in. We're right here smoking ciggies. Just chat. Dude, we should take it like one step further and we should get like life size printouts for us that like people can buy and just like set up in their living room when they're listening to the podcast. That's that's the podcast version of like listening to it on vinyl. Yeah, dude. We could even yeah, I, sell like oh, reactions. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys hear the new Pod Save America? Oh yeah, no, I got it on animatronic. You want to come over and listen to it? <laughs> oh, just man. like Chuck E. Cheese type shit, like their mouth moving along. Yeah, yeah. No, you, like you have like a neighbor across the street from the guy, and he just kind of is looking over, and he's like. And he just kind of sees through the window. It's kind of late at night. And he's like, holy shit. Joe yeah. made some friends. That is fucking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Son this of is what bitch. you do. If, if you're if you're a teenager listening to this, which you shouldn't be because you shouldn't be smoking. All right. Yeah. We don't condone it. But I'm just saying sneaks through the cracks. Let's say you're some loser teenager. You know, you don't have any friends. You don't go anywhere. Your parents are getting concerned about you. Just turn a podcast up. And kind of let it leak out of you. Don't have to blare it, but let it leak out of your room a little bit. And they're like, oh, Joey's got friends over. That's so great. <laughs> We're so happy for him. And then that way you can form a parasocial relationship with us. And uh, you can end up shooting me outside of a comedy club that I got done featuring at a year from now because I didn't respond to your Instagram message. There you go. Dimebag Daryl yeah. style, dude. You want to do some plugs? If you want anything from me, stand-up comedy, social media, all that good stuff, go to streamerlinks.com slash Ron Irvin, E-R-V-I-N. Find everything from there, including tour dates. I am in the Midwest right now. I'm going to be running around doing shows in the Midwest for a couple of weeks. This will come out in time for hopefully you to catch me in your hometown. All that stuff is there on my Instagram. Go check that out. Hell yeah, folks. Go check out Ron on the Road. And for me, your boy, Harry Slime. Allmylinks.com slash Dirt Voyeur, D-I-R-T-V-O-Y-E-U-R. That's got the podcast. It's got art, music, all the fun stuff, all my socials and everything. So check all that fun stuff out. And on that note, folks, Cowboy Killers. Thank you to our sponsor, Paul Malls. Oh, yeah. And thank you to the Paul Mall gods out there. But on that note, folks, Cowboy Killers, we ride again.